Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard's deputy editor, digital, Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Doing great. How about yourself? I am just summery. (laughs) I am just summer, 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 summertime. Well, that's appropriate for today. Yeah, it is, and we'll tell you in just a second why. Because the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Since we are about to unveil the first weekly Songs of the Summer chart for 2017, it returns to Billboard.com for the summertime on June 6th, we thought we'd revisit the hottest songs of the summer of years past. Indeed, with that in mind, today's show is a special edition of the podcast where we are taking a look back at some of the most unlikely songs of the summer. We're talking non-party-ready ballads to, wait, that was a hit records, to some of the most surprising showdowns for Song of the Summer. Plus, we've got a fun interview with a possible 2017 Song of the Summer contender, Charlie Puth. We sat down with Charlie at his home studio here in Los Angeles, and he showed us how he built his new single, Attention, totally on his own, using his own studio equipment. You definitely won't want to miss this, so stick around for that a bit later. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode. And heck, give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or at KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So why don't we hop into our special look back at the most unlikely songs of the summer. We've separated our unlikely contenders into three categories. What are they, Keith? Well, number one, unlikely ballads that were the number one song of the summer. Or uh, we also have number two, an unlikely number one song of the summer coupled with a number two song of the summer that perhaps in retrospect would have been maybe a more fitting number one. And number three, unlikely songs of the summer that were among the top 10 summer songs of a particular year. So basically just like, wait, huh? How was that? That was a hit? There's some huhs. There's some huhs here. Um, Also, we want to note that the songs of the summer chart is simply based on performance on our weekly Billboard Hot 100 chart. Uh, The songs of the summer chart is literally a running tally of the most popular songs on the Hot 100 from about Memorial Day through Labor Day here in America. 
So not like the songs that talk about going to the beach. Right. We don't splice out just like the, the hot and the summer and the party songs. It could be anything. That should be its own chart, really. Right. But... And that's why we get like weird things on the songs of the summer chart each year. And hence the show. So yeah. let's get to our first category, which is unlikely number one songs of the summer ballad edition. Yeah. And that's not to say a ballad can't be the number one song of the summer, but certain ballads just seem a bit, well, they may lack a bit of oomph needed to be the song of the summer, you know? So with that in mind, what about Brian Adams? Everything I do, I do it for you back in 1991. It was the number one song of the summer that year. It was obviously an enormous hit. Yeah, but when you think of summer, you <laughs> don't think of this ballad. I mean, at least I don't. No, I, I think of like sitting like inside and listening to it and crying. Very <laughs> contemplative, watching Robin Hood. Um <laughs> I mean, the number the number two song of that summer was also a ballad. It was Paula Abdul's Rush Rush, actually, believe it or not. Hmm. So it was like the summer was just dominated by these Which two is like ballads. Paula's slowest song. Yeah. Slowest hit song, I should yeah, say. Is, it, yeah, there's no oomph in Rush Rush. <laughs> um, we can probably agree that the number three song of the summer that year is a summer ready favorite, and that is EMF's Unbelievable. Whoa! I love that song. I had that entire album. Did you really? Schubert Dip. Oh, man. Such a good album. <laughs> oh, man. That was just a great song. Uh, anyway. Getting back to the ballads. Yes. Um, back in 1989, Richard Marx's Right Here Waiting was the number one song of the summer. Believe it or not. Yes, indeed. It beat out another ballad, Martika's Toy Soldiers. But then back to Paula Abdul. She had the number three summer hit of 1989 with Cold Hearted. Uh-oh. No, Such a great that's song. That's the one. Yes. That... <laughs> That you think? Come on, 1989. Come on, get it together, people. I mean, nothing against Richard Marx and Martina. Why was everyone so sad in 1989? Right here waiting for me. I mean, you know, we who knows? We don't know why songs are popular at certain times of the year. Sometimes they just are. Who knows? <laughs> um, and the 70s also had its run of ballads at number one uh, in 1974 and 1970. The number one songs of the summer, respectively, were John Denver's Annie's Song. Of course. And The Carpenter's Close to You. I feel like we should play a little bit of each of these songs uh, in case our listeners aren't terribly familiar with them. So we're going to quickly play about 10 seconds of each song uh, right now. You fill up my senses, come fill me again. I do birds suddenly appear every time you are near okay so now that you've heard those songs don't they just scream out summer there are birds in close to you yes <laughs> there are. and birds like summer there, there are birds <laughs> yeah and we're not saying these weren't huge hits that is undeniable but uh it's just more about how you can't ever predict when a song will be popular. Yeah. It's, just because it's summer doesn't mean that people don't want to hear ballads on the radio. Absolutely. I, I just don't think anyone is going to be pumping Annie's song out of their <laughs> boombox on a beach this summer. Maybe somebody named Annie would. Maybe. <laughs> they, and they could, like, mash it up with, like, you know, uh, Annie, are you okay? Yeah. You know? No, there's a, that's a better that's song different. That's different. That's up-tempo. Never mind. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next category. Um, unlikely number one songs of the summer that are coupled with a number two song of the summer that perhaps might have been a more fitting number one. So in our first showdown, we've got Matchbox 20's Bent versus InSync's It's Gonna Be May. <laughs> Both songs hit number one on the weekly Hot 100 chart. 
but I think you know which song I liked better. Matchbox 20. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge Rob Thomas fan. Yeah, this is one of those <laughs> years where Matchbox 20 had a song that was very popular at the time, but it has perhaps not held on as well in pop culture's collective memory. But in Sinks, It's Gonna Be Me is such a pop culture moment, and we hear about it each year when May rolls around. Do you think, well, shouldn't that have been number one that summer? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> um, if we go back a little further, there is a really weird matchup back in 1969 when Zager and Evans, in the year 2525, beat out the Rolling Stones honky tonk women for number one all right we're, let's play a bit of 25 25 definitely need to play a little bit of this we had to play a little bit of it <laughs> earlier uh, so you can hear what this what the song sounds like so here's a little bit of 25 25 in the year 25 25 if man is still alive so yeah um listen great song but the rolling stones <laughs> Yeah, well, it did spend six weeks at number one, 25-25 did. Um, it, it was certainly a moment in time. Um, by the way, it was the one and only chart hit for Zager and Evans. Uh, the Rolling Stones, however, have had 57 hits. And are still doing just fine. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, okay, third and final category, unlikely songs of the summer that were among the top 10 songs of each year. And this is literally just Keith and I looking over the top 10 list and being like, what? Yeah. That, that? that was basically the criteria. Uh, take, for example, in 2013, when Anna Kendrick's Cups from Pitch Perfect was among the top 10 songs of that summer. Uh, you know, it became a fluke hit from its popularity in the film. It went viral as everyone tried to do the Cups dance from the movie on YouTube. And then they even went so far as to produce an extended version of the song for the radio, as well as a music video. All that paid off, the song ended up going to number one on the adult contemporary airplay chart and top ten on the weekly Hot 100 chart. But you're not playing it at the beach. No. Unless you've got red cups out there on your blanket. Well, you might have red solo cups. (laughs) Exactly. And you're playing red solo cup followed by cups. (laughs) Exactly. You have a cup theme. How many cup songs are there? Oh, man. I don't know. (laughs) Um, going back to 2003, mm. uh, we have Clay Aiken's This Is The Night. Of course. It was one of the top 10 summer songs that year. Four words for you. American Idol Coronation <gasps> Song. But and you know what? Idol typically raps in May, right? So like right when this song in the summer chart is getting started. Yeah. 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 But, you know, so this was actually Aiken's first single, uh, first single release after coming in second place. On was it, yeah, it was Idol. a coronation, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I, I, I realized that. I'm like, I wrote that. And then as soon as I said it, I'm like, wait, Ruben won. His but, coronation is runner up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ruben's, song, Ruben's coronation song was Flying Without Wings, I think, right? <laughs> hard uh, to do. Hard to t- <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard to fly without wings. How can you do that? Are you just like an angel? Do well, you just float to up the to the Ruben sky? Song. True. Um, well, I don't think anyone really remembers either of these songs too yeah. terribly well, except unless you watched American Idol. Or you're a claymate. So anyway, This Is The Night would have been Clay's coronation song had he won. But he came in second place. The song debuted at number one on the Hot 100 off of huge single sales back when people still sold like physical singles. But the song basically had no airplay. That's why nobody really remembers the song. Radio didn't really touch the track let's turn the clock back a little bit further if you could turn back time if i could turn back time which i can today uh back in 1981 we had three country songs in that summer's top 10 yup uh so what were they uh that's crazy kenny rogers 
I Don't Need You. A song Keith and I had not heard before. I mean, I'm sure maybe we did at some point in the past, but I really don't remember I mean, it. to be fair, I was not alive in the summer of 1981, <laughs> so there's that. Well, well, I was, um, but I don't remember it. But you were a small child. Um, I, it was number seven uh, on our Songs of the Summer chart for 1981. The Oak Ridge Boys is Elvira. Which is still a jam. Giddy up. Uh, it was number eight. And then Juice Newton's Queen of Hearts. Playing with the Queen of Hearts. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not that surprising. It was number nine. Country was, uh, was red hot at the time. Yeah. In a post-urban cowboy world. Man, that soundtrack's so good. And with Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton hugely popular on both country and pop radio. Still, it's just crazy to see how big country was back in the day on pop radio. Yeah, that I mean, has, that hasn't happened since. We've looked at all these lists. We would have noticed if three country songs... We're in the top 10 of any of them. Yeah, I mean, nothing jumped out at me. Yeah. That I, I saw that. Aiky Breaky Heart was definitely in the top 10. Aiky Breaky Your Heart was among the top 10 hits in 1992 yeah. that summer. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we've had, I mean, country music has obviously continued to be popular, but country music rarely crosses over to top 40 radio. And that's why in 1981, uh, this was so startling to see. Yeah. Anyway, well, that is our look back. At some interesting, unlikely songs I of the summer. I hope you found it all as fascinating as we did. <laughs> well, there, there's an entire list. We can link to it uh, in our story on Billboard.com. Feel free to stroll down memory summer Top lane. Top 10 memory lane. If you have any uh, surprising, unlikely uh, thoughts. Tweet us. Tweet us. Let us know. What are you, some of your most unlikely songs of the summer of years past? Well, now it's time, I believe, for our interview with Mr. Charlie Puth. Puth. Uh, we sat down with the singer-songwriter in his home studio here in Los Angeles, where he walked us through some of the recording process of his new single, Attention. It was super fascinating to sit down with Charlie behind his gear and hear the individual tracks that make up Attention broken down for us. Um, you're going to hear it in a second, but it's super cool, and I was not expecting any of this to happen because we went to his... We were actually supposed to do the podcast here in the office, but... Um, he wasn't feeling terribly well. And so we rescheduled and he and his publicist were like, did you want to just come to his house? And I'm like, sure. So we got there and it was a little bit loud in his living room and you could actually hear like a lawnmower outside. And I'm <laughs> like, um, and, and they were saying, oh, can we just do it right here? And I'm like, you know, it's actually kind of loud. Can we? And he's like, well, what about here? And we went in there and it was a studio and it was all like soundproofed. And there's like, six different pianos or keyboards in there and a huge computer and as you'll hear in a second like he would play play like he would hit a button and you'd hear charlie vocal and then you play another button it's like two charlie vocals and then i love seeing that stuff it was it was it was nuts and now you'll get to hear that now you'll get to hear that so um anyway charlie also talks a little bit about his forthcoming second full-length album uh working with his friend liam payne and by the way we recorded this right before um, Liam's single dropped so that's why I was asking him in this interview if he had worked on Liam's first single which turns out Charlie did not Right, but evidently he and Liam are buddies and uh, he is probably going to be on Liam's album probably in some fashion um, and we also asked Charlie about how he's looking forward to heading out on the road on tour with Sean Mendez this summer so here's our interview with Charlie Puth I just want attention you don't want my heart maybe you just Welcome to the Billboard, to the Billboard Pop, Pop Shop, Shop. Puth Cast. Charlie Puth. Charlie Puth. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I was like, how long are we going to keep this going? Yeah. 
Um, we are actually in your home studio. Yes. This is it's, crazy. It's very soundproof in here. It's very sound-treated. Uh, um, you won't hear the lawnmower so much. People are going to have to believe me that I'm actually in a studio at Charlie's house. I am sitting mere feet away from a elaborate setup where I'm assuming you made most of attention, which is your current single. Yes. All of attention. Actually. All of attention. Made in here. I, I watched something on, um, you posted something on Twitter. It was like a little video mm-hmm. that showed how you, I guess, made the whole song, basically. Yeah, basically. I'm not asking for a demo, but... Oh, it'd actually be pretty cool if I could um, pull this up. I was actually surprised that you did the bass line on a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the, atten- uh, the the bass line is literally just a synth bass, bass part. A lot of people think that it's, uh, that it's real, but... Um, I thought it was. I thought it was an actual like bass guitar. Well, I mean, I guess in a way it is real, but it's just samples all chopped up and uh, it's velocity. like it's like a sample of you playing an acoustic guitar that then you sort of distorted, pitched up, pitched up, distorted. And um, the reason why it sounds the way it sounds is because I put it on the grid. Dun, 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 dun. Um, uh, this is actually a good loop, and this is why you do what you do. Because see, now I've gotten Charlie lost in a computer. No. But this is pretty cool. You'll be able to hear this. This is one layer of vocals. Okay. So you double that. What are you doing to me? And then you triple that. What are you doing to me? What are you doing? This is the bridge part right before the uh, the very emotional last chorus. What are you doing to me? What are you doing? What are you doing to me? What are you doing? And it's like sounds like a, I've, I've I used to sing in choir. It so. sounds like you never have to hire a background vocalist ever again. Ah, it's always good to have different textures of vocals, but uh, I uh, I like uh, I like doing it myself. It's, it's a choir of Charlie's. It's a choir of Charlie. Um, well, the single came out recently, and where did the song come from? Was it is it something that like do you like to sort of journal and like come up with lyrics, and it just sort of morphed into a song, or? Is that how it works usually for you? Pretty much. It's uh, I don't know what my brain is thinking half the time. It kind of is like pulled out of my subconscious. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess on that day, I just really wanted to talk about someone who really wanted attention. And um, <clears throat> it was originally in ballad form. It was like, you just want attention. You don't want my heart. You just want to da, da. This is a very sad song. And then I was like, what if it was sad but danceable? Those those are sometimes the best ones because it's those deceptive songs where it's like the 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 lyrics mis like you hear yes. the lyrics and you're like yeah I'm dancing but man this is depressing is it <laughs> that's a lot of my songs actually well well yeah can you imagine see you again as a dance song maybe not that would um, be weird maybe a Euro dance remix yeah it's totally <laughs> there you go get to work on that maybe not uh, maybe not yeah maybe not yeah um, we moved on. Uh, we already talked about the baseline, which I'm in love with, and I'm just sort of amazed. Like, did did you create all the parts of the song on your own? Yes, all the parts were the whole thing. The is whole, just all you. The whole thing, and I actually that's insane. I, I went into a little bit of the in detail in the video, yeah, um, that you saw, but I'll go in more detail here. There's a here's a little a shaker that I put a side chain on. You put, of course, some beatboxing on it. You're good at the beatboxing, yeah. Then you have the chopped up guitars. You put a uh, little under it. Another guitar under that. And then an acoustic guitar, kind of more like Justin Timberlake sounding. 
then you put like a th that keyboard. Um, yeah, this right keyboard there. to my right. You put droney things under and synthesizers, and, and then you just put like basic stuff in it, like kick drum. That's the most important thing, the cowbell there, though. The cowbell. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Is, is that cowbell or is it like a block? Like It's actually a fake sounding whatever from this pack called Berlin Headquarters. I'm like, it's just like loaded in. Like you can buy a pack of sounds and you then sort of take them and distort them. Exactly. Partially. I have like tin cans that, well, it, it's a combination of the synthetic stuff and like the real stuff. So these are tin cans that I like smushed together. And looped it, which is why it kind of sounds rigid, but that's what... Ah. It's all about the layers and music. Nowadays. How many tracks are on this particular song? There's over like 250. Good God. I, uh, that I, is amazing. It took a long time, um, but... Uh, it was my pleasure because I have so much fun doing it. So you, a lot of people, you know, this this bass this bass part here. There are a lot, you don't really hear it, but there's like a slight dip, and it's like right. that's to make room for the kick noise, and of course the kick. But you, but you're not like really when you listen to the record, you can't even tell that there's like this. No. It's just it's all about like vibe. But it's important that it's there because mm -hmm. it adds. Yeah, when thing. you take it out, it sounds yeah. like something's missing. How long did it take you? Do you think from start to finish? You know, I mean, I mean, you, when you were first thinking of the lyrics and first thinking of the the song, you probably just I think you did a. You actually put it in at the end of the video. There's a little snippet. That's where you can the see. real voice note. The moment I came up with it, I was reading someone's Instagram and they had poured their heart out um, about this girl. And the only thing I could think about was I think they were trying to convey some sort of message like I've moved on and I'm I'm a guy and I'm I'm strong. Uh -huh. But what I got from that was wow, this girl completely played you and this girl just wanted attention. And right. just started saying, You just want attention. So I guess without Instagram posts uh, you know You have a problem with Instagram and Instagram Yeah, I read a lot I am on Instagram too much. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm just saying because that's what happened on the last record. There was the Instagram girls. Instagram track. girls, Instagram yeah. models. I do yeah. have a problem with Instagram. Um we all do. Um funny, uh the video which came out a couple weeks ago, yeah. um it, it I'm I'm watching the video and I'm like, you know what? She's bad news. <laughs> Like I'm like she Samara? just she well I mean no I mean like in the video in oh, the context the, of the, the video I'm like I'm like why in the world like she's completely off her rocker and she's mm -hmm. like throwing crap around the house and mm -hmm. then you're like yeah let's go in for a kiss I'm like okay you're nuts true story your your character in this video is loopy true story well well then true story your true story my true well, story then find people who are not throwing vases across the room vases. Vases, I guess that makes it better. Vases, oh. it's a true story. And we were when we were making the music video, um, uh, me and Emil Nava, who's super talented, the director of the video, the director yep. of the video. Um, I was telling him how much I I didn't want it to look like a music video. I wanted it to be like a film of my life and just in three minutes. And that's uh. what we did. Oh, so you gave him inspiration and said, "Here's some things that you can do in the video." I went into a lot of detail uh -huh. about my life. 
Um, well, I won't drone too much about the video. Um, safe to assume there is a album or a collection of songs yes. coming down the road. A collection of songs. Yes, there's definitely an album. Yeah, people coming are. Out I'm like, year. I don't know. Do you want to call it a playlist or an EP or an album or? I'm working mm, on I don't it. Know. I'm working. Literally, I'm working on. Literally, it. it's all behind us. I could it's probably press a key, and out will come the next track. Exactly. But we're something's happening. Something is happening. Um, I have a title, but I'm not going to say it until it's super finalized in my head until I finish everything. You really everything. shouldn't tell me unless it's actually for real. If it's for realsies. I mean, you can. No, I won't. Granted, your publicist is sitting about three feet away from us, and she'll be like, no! No, I don't think so. Oh, Chelsea's wearing overalls. Um, she'll be quick. <laughs> she's not in heels right now, but she'll be fast. No. Um, and uh, there is an album being. There's a lot of pianos in this room, I'm just noticing. Is uh, this track sort of uh, kind of indicative of what the the rest of the album might be in that direction? Dev in that R and B pop lane, um, uh, music I've always wanted to be known for to put out. Are there some like full on like dance tracks on the album? Are we going to get like Charlie Puth dancing? Not like, not like that. But um, not like Chainsmokers meets Charlie Puth. Is I love the Chainsmokers, but not not that's not really my style. I I, I like making people dance in different ways. Um, right. Like people can dance to their attention. Yeah, you can. And I uh, get like you said before, the lyrics are so sad, but you can still dance to it. Yeah, that's I, that's a social experiment for me. Do you um speaking of you know writing songs and songwriting, <clears throat> do you still write songs for other people? Or are you still sort of actively doing that? I am. Yeah, I'm working on Maroon Five. I'm working on. Liam Payne. Ooh. I'm working. So is the Liam Payne track that by the time people hear this, it will already come out. I think he's dropping something tomorrow, perhaps. He's not. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know if that's I don't something know. you may have done. No, I don't know if that's something I may have done. I, that's sure whatever's dropping tomorrow. I wasn't a part of, Got but it. I have heard it. It's really dope. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. You would also appropriately should be saying that because well, you know. he's my friend yeah i don't want to be like that's a bad song is, is he actually your friend is he actually no like he actually is he okay. actually is my he actually is my friend um he has a really bad habit of facetiming me while i'm driving and he's uh just, yeah that's super bad because you're driving well it i have uh, I you have, pull over and then you talk to him i don't don't I, answer I, it. I don't answer my phone when good I'm, um, I cleaned driving. that up. <laughs> I don't answer my phone when I'm driving, but he'll always FaceTime me when I'm driving. It's just like the joke between us. It's I like, see. Yeah. Um. So Liam Payne and Maroon Five and other things. Other things. Yeah. Other things that we probably can't say yet because I don't want. They're not. They're super. Oh, they may not, and, you, and they also may. You know, it's one of those things where people listening will understand. Like, if you're working on something, it may never actually come out. Exactly. And and then it then it looks weird. It's like, oh yeah, I worked with so and so, and then that track never comes out. You people said, like, oh, you said you said it perfectly, just like my polka album. Really? Nobody will ever know here my polka album. What about your bluegrass album? My bluegrass album. It's in the ditches. Not really? Work. It's not. It didn't work. It's in the ditches, probably somewhere with. Well, bluegrass is with my polka album, right? We have to work on that. You know, there used to be a polka category at the Grammy Awards. There did, there did, there did, there did, right in the bluegrass category. Um, I I realize that we're sort of (laughs) running up on time, but I want to talk about how you're going on tour with Shawn Mendes. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that'll be the most amount of people I've played in front of, like consistently, like night by night. 
um, in a really, really long time. Yeah. And I get so much inspiration from playing in front of that many people, so I'm super excited that he asked me to be a part of his uh, Illuminate tour. Um, in my notes here, I say, it must be cool to be able to go out on the road with someone that you're actually friends with <laughs> um, instead of something you know where you may not know the act or like maybe it's something like brokered through management, yada, yeah. yada, because... We actually had Sean on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, not only is Charlie like adding like you know worth to the tour, but he's like a friend of oh, mine, and like so that's really cool to hang that's out nice with him. Of him. Um, I we're we're gonna have so much fun. We're gonna make music. Um, I want to make a song with Sean. Um, he did say that you were gonna. He was like, I hope that we can like collaborate on stage and do stuff live, and that would be cra- that would be amazing. I was I, like, I, I have a really good idea for like a song. Or like I want to run by him, like a new song. Yeah, cool. He's he seems to like throw random new songs out all the time. Like you know that th- what the name of the new song, which I, I don't just, know if that's ra- I think that was pretty that was that was pretty planned. That song. Well, I just I thought it was weird because when I talked to him, he hadn't announced the song yet. I'm just like, wait, you're coming out with a new song, but you've only had two singles from this album. He's like, yeah, but when you have new music, why not just put it out? I'm like, we're, all right. We're in a day and age of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, music has to be put out to capture people's attention. So. It, it, you can do whatever the heck you want. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, everyone should basically um, go consume everything that Charlie Puth puts out. It's very nice of you to say. I hope that they would. Yeah. I hope that they would stream and LimeWire.com slash Charlie Puth. Um, <laughs> or Shazam.com slash Charlie Puth. Visit iTunes. Shazam. Is that even Shazam? It's the new Charlie Puth streaming service. Shazam.com slash Charlie Puth is actually a legal site where a lot of my music is if you want to go check that out. But um, there was, I'm just thinking, uh, LimeWire, BearShare.com slash Charlie Puth. I, I, Download all my MP3s. I, I don't think those are good options. Same with Windows XP. Oh, sure. Real Player? Real player. Are we gonna Real player. Some... I'm gonna AIM message you later, but I'm on <laughs> E Bombs World right now. I can't really talk to wow, you. Wow, all right. Wow. And um, the little paper clip in Microsoft Word. I miss those days. I knew this podcast was gonna go off the rails. It always does. Yep. I swear we, we we talked for like forty minutes last time. We had to like cut it down to like twenty something. I don't know how I did that. We'll make it I'll just stop talking now. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Bye. Thank you again, Mr. Puth, for uh, letting us uh, crash at your house for a little bit and uh, uh, showing us how you put attention together. Attention is a jam. Seriously. Yeah. And and I was fascinated by how that bass line was actually not someone physically playing a bass guitar. That's like, it's got a real, like, cool bass vibe throughout. And yeah, that came out of Charlie's mind. Yeah, it's just... The mind of Charlie Puth. As you can hear, the mind of Charlie Puth wanders around a lot, too. As It, it was supposed to be a 10-minute interview. It ended up being like 14 minutes. And I was just like, eh, it's cool. Creatives. We, we, friend of the podcast, Charlie Puth. Indeed. Um, well, I believe we have come to the end of our episode. Oh, man. Do you have any parting words, Katie? Well, it feels like we got to go out on something summery. So let's see. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince's Summertime. It's classic. We could do that. Yep, I got no issue with that. All right, see you guys next week. Bye. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the 
sure. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.